Welcome to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. That's Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack. They're two women with voices that just happen to have sons in the NFL. That means you'll hear about football and motherhood, but you'll never know what you're going to hear next. So let's get this conversation started. Here are your hosts, Garrett and Mac. Well, welcome again to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. Once again, we've come to you. This is our third week, Jeracy. Yes, it is. How you, you feeling? You tuned in last week. You got an earful. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. But this particular week, we're going to do a tape show. We're doing this in advance because we got, we're going to do a two-part show uh, talking about human trafficking. And we have a wonderful guest that's upcoming by the name of Tron Kim. She's a great friend of uh, Jeracy who introduced me to her. And we can't wait for the opportunity for you to uh, hear her story. And then uh, week four, next week, be able to call in and ask questions. It is a wonderful, wonderful experience. But what I want to talk about and get started with today. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Because when we're taping this show, we're actually in the midst of the president having COVID. And I know we're going to touch on it um, on our live show um, last week. But my God, my God, my God. I I hate to say I'm kind of giddy. I'm not being mean. I don't want him to die. And talk sense is better than bought sense. Girl, but you know, if, if he does die, it's the Lord's will. And I just want the Lord's will to be done. But my preference is that he not die. He not die. I, I would really just prefer him to be in agony and catch his breath like I had to catch my breath. If, for those who I've, I probably never mentioned it on the air, um, I am a COVID survivor. And it was a rough horrific thing to get through and I was better than most but I have some comorbidities that that made it pretty tough and I need that bastard to catch oh Jesus oh sorry Jesus I need him Jesus 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 I, I need him I need to catch his breath like I caught mine forgive me Lord I'm gonna have to pray for that one Hail Mary's I'm not even Catholic but I just need him to be able to catch his breath like I had to catch mine and run that fever and let him experience some of the things that this hoax as he put it that has traumatized this nation and caused the death of 200,000 people. And I'm thinking he's probably rethinking that right now as he's going through the situation that he's going through. My question is, has he tried any of his remedies? That oh, Lord, please he... let him use some bleach and shove that UV light up his butt. I need that to happen. So, I want details. Can anybody videotape that? No, I don't want details. <laughs> want details. Before, before a lot of people, this is, this is very eye-opening because so many people did think that COVID was not real or it was not a real issue. And now our president do have it. And there's so many people have lost their lives and went through a lot of incidents and tragedies and the not pushing the to wear the mask and different things. And so many people, it's just like God has sit you still to teach you a lesson about stuff sometimes. So as he was speaking to the people, I guess it was at that moment where he said, you can't tell nobody how to have a baby if you ain't had one. So I guess he need to have COVID so he can understand and be able to talk openly to the people about the COVID. Well, you know, you say you country. <laughs> well, my mama was country. She said a hard ass, a hard head make a soft ass. It's every time. So every time. Every so I'm, I'm going to go real country on you <laughs> and let that be the st- let that be the standard statement because his hard head has cost many, many, many people their lives and their health. Um, just because you recover from COVID doesn't mean that you don't suffer some of the, the still the side effects and ramifications That's of true. it. And then some of it, some people are long-term. I, I thank God that mine is not a long-term situation and that I was able to 
to return healthy and strong. I'm able to, you know, to walk the miles that I was walking before to maintain my health and strength. But, you know, having comorbidities, I was aggressive in making sure that that I got everything I needed and it didn't require bleach or UV light. Yeah. So and and I and nor hydrochloroquine or whatever he was taking and nor that I have the antiviral uh, trial medicine. And, and I'm like most people, we didn't have all that stuff to get better, That's true. but somehow we've survived. So I want him just to, to feel a little bit of the angst and pain that, um, some of the survivors have gone through. That is the case is not mild. And, 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 the, and the people need to hear from him on how this is going because and don't lie and don't lie. It needs, it needs to be the truth. The truth will set you free. And so many have watched this unfold throughout these several months. And now the president himself has it. And I think he needs to address the people appropriately about what he's gone through and what he's going through as he's battling this. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is I, you know, he's, he's such a person who exaggerates. I'm waiting for him to get better and talk to me about how his antibodies are just the best thing since sliced bread and that we're going to make uh, a cure through his antibodies and they'll be the Trump medical miracle of the girl. I'd rather <laughs> die from COVID than take any kind of injection Jesus, cure Jesus, or anything Jesus. else with a, with a Trump <laughs> antibody. It might infect me with the disease of liar, the <laughs> no. disease of lying. It's in your DNA. No. I, I, I got nothing else. I I no. couldn't do it. I, I hope his antibodies are just as normal as everybody. I, I, I'm, I'm going to rely on my own antibodies at this point but sometimes you have to have a wake-up call and maybe this could be a little wake-up call for him to get to to be able to not blow this off and make america understand that this is something serious this is taking lives and maybe the whole truth to come into play so people can quit guessing and it's a mystery game and half of the people don't want to take care of themselves and the other half do and and then the ones that don't are infecting the ones that do so at some point in time, this has got to stop. So hopefully um, we we pray that the president gets better, but we pray that this open his eyes up to talk openly to the people about it. I'm going to let the church say amen. Because <laughs> um, like I said, I'm not I'm not wishing death on our president. I wish and, and hope and pray for his his healing. And hopefully by the time we this airs that he has uh, manifested a complete healing has been manifested in his life. But it doesn't mean that I don't want him to suffer. So with that, <laughs> I just, hey, I'm just trying to be honest. Oh, so, you know, God willing, you know, when we have this conversation, our president of the United States, temporarily, little man, maybe in the name of Jesus. Oh, I said that a lot. Jesus, my, my, Jesus, I'm sorry. My Jesus. inside voice came out to play. Um, let him be healed and whole. And his family is also his wife, the first lady. Let me put that perfunctory thing in yes. there. Um, but like I said, we have a wonderful show coming up. We have, uh, we're addressing human trafficking and we're addressing, uh, we have a wonderful guest in store, Chong Kim. She has, um, so much information to give us and, and it, we can't even cover it all in one show. We're going to have to do two. So we decided to tape an interview with her to kind of listen to some information, but we're coming up with, um, we're also going to have. Uh, her live next yes, week next so week. That, that listeners you can call in and ask her some of the questions because she was so enlightening to us when we sat out and just had a previous conversation she is a wonderful lady you will learn a lot from her she has she has been through some situations and she can give you quite a bit of knowledge the first time I met her and I listened to her speak I was just blown away at some of the things that she said that you never think about 
or never crosses your mind or or you're thinking no one ever told me that that's not what really happened in life or that's not how my storybook plays out but that's the problem we're so used to looking at a storybook and it's not telling the correct story i mean to be a victim and be victorious and come out a survivor that's uh, all stories like that need to be told because there are so many that do not survive and it's 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 multifaceted it's one of the most intriguing interesting stories that i have ever heard and my life and to hear it firsthand from um, a victim of human trafficking is is an amazing opportunity. So I want you to stay tuned, audience. We're getting ready to go into a break. And you are currently listening to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. Yes, you are. And enjoy. Stay tuned. And for all of those that are dealing with COVID and have family dealing with COVID, we are praying for all of you all. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hello, I am Jose Sanchez with Jose Sanchez Law Firm. As an aggressive Harvard-educated lawyer for almost 20 years, I have fought for the rights, freedoms, and voices for the people all around the world. Whether it's winning millions of dollars for the injured people or getting not guilty verdicts in the courtroom, I am a success. During the times of hardship, You need an advocate that will fight for your rights and is not scared of the courtroom. Visit my website at attorneysanchez.com and let me be your voice. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. If you want to make your voice heard, call us during the live show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to garrettandmac at gmail.com. Now, back to Double Down. Well, welcome again to the Garrett and Mac Show. Chong Kim is an Asian American human trafficking survivor and a human rights activist for over 15 plus years and a renowned speaker. She is committed to eradicating modern day slavery and child sex exploitation. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Chong Kim. Thank you so much for having me. We are happy to have you here, Chong. Chong, tell us about human trafficking. Give, give us an insight. Human trafficking is basically a profit motive, organized crime that uses people, labor, organs, and even using people as a drug meal, whether it's children or adults. And so, and also um, through sexual exploitation. So that's that's the biggest one. I mean, because, you know, as you were explaining this, I had no idea that it was greater than I always thought human trafficking was for sex. I did not know it involved. I mean, of course, drugs were involved to keep you you medicated, but I had no idea it involved trafficking of drugs Mm -hmm. inclusive to the sexual part of the drug trafficking. I mean, of the human trafficking. Oh, yes. There was a fourth in Fort Worth in Texas. There was a. I believe he was six years old at the time. He went missing. He was a Latino American. And his mom went to the police. And they said, oh, he's probably just running around playing or whatever. A six-year-old. Yep. Four years later, 
His body was found in Laredo, Texas. Four years. Four years later. Still running around playing, huh? He was found dead. Mm. When the mom went to go identify her son, she noticed that he had a scar up from his neck all the way down to his belly button. The mother was upset with the coroner and says, I was told that because I'm his mother, no one is to do an autopsy. The coroner looked at the mother and he said, ma'am, I didn't touch him. What they discovered is that her son was being used as a drug meal as well as organ trafficking. Wow. Now, organ trafficking is one that most people hadn't heard about or even thought about. Yep. Organ trafficking is when, um, so we know about organ transplant. Yes. Do you remember the old movie called John Q with Denzel Washington and he basically held all those people in the hospital? Yes. 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 In hostage? Yes. Imagine your kid is being at the bottom of the list of a transplant. You're doing everything you can to save that child's life. Wow. The way Denzel Washington played that portrait is a desperate parent willing to do whatever Mm. it took to save his son's life in that movie. But the reality is what most parents have been doing is they'll go online and look for black market Organs. Oh, God. Really? That is what organ trafficking consists of. But they may not think of it because they're on the victim side. They're looking at it as, I got a six-year-old that needs a liver transplant, and Mexico said they can give it to me for $1,000 without any check, without verifying whether that liver is good enough. But they're desperate. Good enough or even where it's sourced from. Exactly. But the thing is, the desperation, the vulnerability played on these parents are by the traffickers. They're like, yeah, I can help you get your son back to healthy again. You know, the one thing, you know, Jeracy did your intro, but the one thing I I need people to really understand, I don't know if they really truly heard what I said leading in or Jeracy's in your intro. You are a survivor of human trafficking. Yes. How in the world did you fall prey to human trafficking? There were multiple, but one of the big um, susceptibility, especially during the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, this is before internet, this is before Snapchat, before Twitter. Remember the old days, they used to say there are certain part of town you shouldn't go to. Mm -hmm. There's a certain demographic you don't want to be a part of. And so those are considered at-risk community because they had high drug crime, you know, things like that. Yes. And so, and also the at-risk youth during that time were known as kids in foster care, kids who have been coming from broken home families. Exactly. I fall into all of those demographics. I went into an, uh, I lived in an area that was poverty-stricken, where there was a lot of undocumented minorities living in that area as well. And so, growing up with abuse... I have my book called Broken Silence. It'll be more detailed in my book for those who are interested in buying my book. But one of the key things I want to explain to you here now is that I was, I grew up with abuse. My first rape happened at three years old. Wow. My last rape happened at 18 before I was trafficked. I was in and out of foster care. I was abused by my own mother. And to the community, they had the stereotype that Asians don't get abused. We don't come from broken home families because everyone has a stereotype that all the Asians stick together. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of Asians that do stick together, 
but there is something else that people don't know. Because there's a cultural stigma, if you speak out, you get kicked out of the community, not just from your family. Even other Asians will be like, you told on your mom because she beat you, you don't get to come into the community. Wow. So you're just out there. Yes. And so you become so isolated. The moment that I stepped out of my home at the age of 12, went into foster care to tell the court system and to tell, and the way the Asian community looked at it, you told a white person that your Asian mama beat your butt. So guess what? Now you're chastised. You can't try that. I mean, that's in the black community. Mm -hmm. You don't speak outside your home. I can't I can't tell you how many times, Mm -hmm. you know, I heard as a child that what happens inside your house stays inside your house. But I have I have not ever heard. I mean, we did. We just got our butts whooped. If 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 something that happened in our house came outside our house. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever known anyone that was actually ostracized from their home or their community Mm -hmm. because they told tales of what happened inside of their home, even if it was sexual abuse. So that's I, I, I would never have known that that went on in an Asian household. Yep. I wouldn't either. Because if you go on Google and you type in missing children and hit images, you will rarely see Asians in there. Indian Asians, Southeast Asians, you'll rarely see them unless they were adopted by a white family. Or they were like the sixth generation Asian American. Wow. And so there, the, it comes with that cultural stigma as well. So when you're isolated in all realms from your family, the community, even the white people in Oklahoma that did not see you as a victim, guess what? When you become ostracized that much, on the other side, you got traffickers and pimps and drug dealers and organized crime looking at that kid and saying, I want her because no one's going to look for her. No one's going to care. And in the early 90s, when a teenager ran away, they would actually put a check mark saying, constant runaway, so don't look for her. Wow. Wow. Constant runaway, don't look for her. Well, you know, how many times do you hear that, you know, even when you go to police? If it wasn't for Amber Hagerman, you know, and, and the changing of that law, how many more kids, you know, it used to be, I remember as a kid, 24 hours, mm-hmm. a 24-hour lead time is a lot of time for a person who is determined to get away with a kid or a person or anything else to have on law enforcement. This is this is an amazing, this is amazing testimony. What we're gonna do, we're coming up on a break. And when we come back from the break, we're gonna ask a few more questions. I mean, I hate to interrupt you because it's like so much to ground to cover, but I don't want you to miss a thing. I want the audience to understand that this is gonna be a two-part series and we'll be talking with you live next week. But right now we're headed into the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hello, I am Jose Sanchez with Jose Sanchez Law Firm. As an aggressive Harvard-educated lawyer for almost 20 years, I have fought for the rights, freedoms, and voices for the people all around the world. Whether it's winning millions of dollars for the injured people or getting not guilty verdicts in the courtroom, I am a success. During the times of hardship, You need an advocate that will fight for your rights and is not scared of the courtroom. Visit my website at attorneysanchez.com and let me be your voice. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Double Down with Garrett and Mack. 
If you want to make your voice heard, call us during the live show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to garrettandmac at gmail.com. Now, back to Double Down. Welcome back to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. We're here talking with our guest, Chong Kim. Chong, before we left to go to break, you talked about they will put a check mark beside your name. Can give us give us more detail on that? When you were first a runaway, it's already in the police system. You're now in the system. You're in the DPS system. You're now considered, and they'll count how many times you were reported as a runaway. Because I ran away from my from several foster homes mm-hmm. because I did not feel like they were my my parents. They didn't treat me right. I was malnourished, and I also dealt with racism. And so by the time I was 19, and when I met a guy that I thought was my boyfriend, this is how trafficking started, I ran into an old friend last year that I've known for over close to 20 years, and she remembered me back in, and when I was 19, and she said when I went missing, she thought that was odd. Because I was the type of person, I knew where everybody lived, I would knock on their door. I was like the Asian Steve Urkel. I'd be like, hey, what's up? And they're like, Chong, we're asleep. Go away. You know, y'all got something to eat? Yeah, I'm hungry. And they're like, oh, my goodness, here comes Chong. So my friend said, when no one heard from me in several months, they said, this isn't Chong. Not even several weeks. It took months? Several weeks and months. Because my friend thought my family would file, but they forgot that in the state of Oklahoma, once you turn 18, you're an adult. They're not going to look for you. So no kind of alert or anything? Because I know we have Amber Alerts, Silver Alerts. Well, here's the thing. I am happy what Amber Alert is doing. However, these are my concerns because we've had several in recent years. I'm talking about from 2015 through today. I get moms that call me that says my daughter went missing. My son went missing. They're still underage, meaning under the age of 16 and they're missing. I would literally call Amber Alert. This says, can you put an alert out for this boy? They said, well, we don't know if he actually was abducted. He could be walking out and running away, and we don't alert perceived runaways. So when you have that, guess what? You're giving more fuel to the fire to these traffickers that are looking for these vulnerable kids. So when you say perceived runaway, it's like in your era when they would put the check mark beside Yes. So that's something that needs to change, too, because in my personal opinion, I find that discriminating because it shouldn't matter whether the kid walked out or they were abducted right from their location. Mm -hmm. The point is the kid is still missing Mm -hmm. and we should still look for that kid regardless. Have you did you have some instances where they later found the child and they were harmed or deceased or? They were, we later found the kid was involved in human trafficking. Okay. Had Amber Alert had put out the alert in the beginning, we probably could have saved them from being trafficked. Because now, most of these kids who are now found, guess what, they keep going back to the traffickers. Or they keep going back to the drug that imprisons them into that lifestyle. So are they they going back by their Mm -hmm. own volition or because that now seems like family? Both. Wow. Because I always look at it this way, and I hate to say this to families that are in denial, but happy, healthy kids.
kids, even the ones that are rotten spoiled, they always come back home regardless. Even if they walked away for two days, they'll still come back home. But when a kid does not come back home, that means there's something going on in a family. Well, true. I can't, I can't argue with that one. That's true. True. Tell us more about what happened with you, John. Well, when I, I actually went to a country club in Cash, Oklahoma, <laughs> which is actually within the vicinity of Lawton, Oklahoma. And me and my girlfriends went to a country bar. I met a guy who was wearing a Marine uniform. And he actually bought that uniform from an Army surplus store. But I didn't know that at the time. I thought anytime we see any men in uniform, we're like, hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> so so he, was he doing it to pick up girls or he was part of a ring all together? And this was part of the facade this to was, lure you in. This is part of the facade. Wow. So he had, he was... Like all in already, yep. Part of a ring, yep. And he was just looking out for the next girl he could lure in, yep. With this uniform, because yep. like you said, the uniform. Wow. Hubba 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 yep. Hubba. Because we always hear women go, "Ooh, I like a man in uniform." Well, yeah. see, I grew up. I grew up in Virginia, where we have you know five, six, seven naval bases and, mm-hmm. and army bases growing up, and so I've always seen men in uniforms. My 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 dad is a vet. All my friends' fathers are vets. Mm-hmm. So a man in uniform, I guess I guess it's based on where you're from. I could have fallen for that. Absolutely. Because, you know, all I know are men in uniforms. I mean, that's scary. Mm-hmm. That is scary. Wow. Is scary. But, you know, when I got to speak to an actual Marine uh, Corp, they actually explained some things to me that I did not know back in the day. And this is something for college girls to be aware. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's actually illegal, according to the uni- uh, uniform code in the military, to wear any dress uniform if there is no reason to wear it. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. That's illegal. So, girls, if you go on a campus at a bar, restaurant, and you see a man in uniform, all you need to do is contact the nearest military base in your area. Get your cell phones now. Take a picture of that guy so that way you can zoom out and look at his uniform. Two, you need to look at his name. I did not pay attention to that. I did not know there was a name on their uniform so I could report him. And because he bought his uniform from an army surplus store, there would be no name. <gasps> there would be no stripes. There would be, these are things that we don't think about. Wow. Because we look at this nice uniform and we think, oh, this is who they are. Because everything is within ranks and stripes and what battalion and all that. And that's something I didn't know until one of my Marine friends told me that. See, that's very interesting. Audrey, you gasped. Yeah. Because you grew up, you just said you grew up, and you never would have paid that any attention. I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm shamed. I, I literally am aghast at myself. And I have so many friends who are have served mm-hmm. and whose parents have served mm-hmm. and I would have naturally assumed that everything was in place the way it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. God dog, I could, that could have been me. Exactly. And Easily. that's why I'm trying to push my voice in the military bases. So that way, even the moms and the army wives and Marine wives, the sailor wives, they can be aware they can teach their kids. Because the only people that understand about the stripes and things like that, I was a former army wife for 10 years. I had to learn what those stripes meant. I had to put them on my ex-husband's uniform. Every emblem 
it represents something that they combated and they were rewarded. But see, as a kid, you just take for granted yep. that you're seeing the uniform, you're seeing the stripes, you're seeing the, the bars. You're just taking for granted they're where they're supposed to be. I never looked at my best friends. I mean, one of my best friends, dad, he was like very, very high in the military when he retired. I mean, to the point that they said, if he told you something, he'd have to kill you. So <laughs> yep. I just knew he had all this nail you yep. on his uniform. It would never have, I would never have known as a child, which one was off. Mm-hmm. I would have just seen it for what it was. Yep. Saw the, the authority in the uniform mm-hmm. and done whatever that person told, told me to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I met the guy, his, he went by the name Keith. I remember it was clear he didn't have any stripes. Wow. But if I would have understood that in the military and the story he told me, it would not, it would, there would have been tons of red flag. But since I don't know that. It's true. Because first of all, in the state of Oklahoma, they don't have an MIT. I didn't know that either. What do the, you mean an MIT? I mean like the University of Marine um, Training. training. Okay. okay. MIT means Marine Basic Training. They don't have that. They have it in California, not in Oklahoma. So when he said, I'm here for basic training, he should have said, I'm here for MIT, not basic training. If he was a true Marine. Mm-hmm. Two, the way his uniform looked, because my Marine friend was showing me pictures. What uniform did he wear? And I said, that one. He said, if he was in basic training, he could not wear that uniform because these are for officers, mm. not for personnel, not for E-list personnel. They would wear this dress blue, but not this dress blue. I'm like, this is so confusing. I can't even tell y'all apart. Wow. You know, but these are so vital information. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of this stuff will be more in my book. Like I said, please check out oh, my you've website. Got to get, yeah, you've got to get her book. I mean, exactly. you, you've got to. It specifies more in there. And I also do workshops and public speaking. But Say the name of your book again. Just... Broken Silence. Okay. And you can buy it on my website at www.iamchongkim.com. Repeat that. Iamchongkim.com. I, I, really, I really want that out there. Um, I, we're, I know we're going to cover some other stuff. I, I'm very few times, Jeracy, you know me, am speechless. Yes, I heard your, I heard your gasp. Yeah, I, I rarely stutter. Um, your story, and I've talked to you before, and yet here I am again, your story is making me stutter. Your story is bringing me to my feet um, and making me pause because it's there for anybody this I mean it could be it could I I mean because you know it doesn't hit you until it could be you Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here thinking how many did it happen to as I was a kid and just we didn't have technology and social media and how many missing and exploited young women that went missing in my area were really human trafficked Mm -hmm. so what we're gonna do we're gonna head into our next break and um You guys, all I can tell you is next week when we have her on live, I need you guys to call in and ask the questions because rarely are Jeracy and I at a loss for words. And I think even Jeracy's over here kind of kind of speechless, too. So we're going to head into our break and um, we have one more segment with with Chon Kim and we'll be right back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hello, I am Jose Sanchez with Jose Sanchez Law Firm. As an aggressive Harvard-educated lawyer for almost 20 years, I have fought for the rights, freedoms, and voices for the people all around the world. Whether it's winning millions of dollars for the injured people or getting not guilty verdicts in the courtroom, I am a success. During the times of hardship, you need an advocate that will fight for your rights and is not scared of the courtroom. Visit my website at attorneysanchez.com and let me be your voice. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. If you want to make your voice heard, call us during the live show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to garrettandmac at gmail.com. Now back to Double Down. And welcome back to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. We're here with our guest, Chong Kim. I hope everyone has been listening to the show. She has really been giving us some informative information on human trafficking and her book, Broken Silence. Uh, Please, if you get the opportunity, go out and get the book and read the book. I believe it'll give some very good insight on some different things. Chong, would you like to pick up where you left off? Yes. So one of the things I want to, um, first off, I want to give a special shout out to Kamala Harris. Many do not know that she was the pioneer to take down Backpage.com on child sexual exploitation. Wow. And that's one of the things that I find her as a shero because she made no bones about that. Um, so to dive in a little bit more, I want to share some other types of human trafficking. I don't want to go too much into my story. I would like for you guys to walk, uh, read the uh, book. And also check out my website for more information. Now, one of the things I want to share is that there's other types of trafficking. And um, and some of the other types of tra- trafficking that people are unaware of. First of all, boys can be trafficked just as much as girls. Mm. I cannot emphasize that enough. People think it's just girls. There are boys that are being forced to wear dresses. There are boys that are being pinned out by women and also their mom. I spoke at a church last year in Dallas, and there was about 200 people that attended. And after I got done sharing my story, I had over 20 men that were around my age, and I'm just going to say 40s through 50s, that 20 of them came to me and said they were sexually abused as a child by women, not by men. And it messed them up. They had relationship problems. They started cheating. They could not stop cheating. You know, it it turned into a lot of other problems. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because people think that human trafficking only targets young little girls. That is false. Human traffickers are nothing but cancer. They will take anybody's body parts, your work, your labor, whatever it is, if it gives them profit, 
then you are a candidate. You can be 65 years old. If you got great lungs, they will kill you and take your lungs. Wow. If you are 13 and you're a boy and you have athletic ability, they will use you for labor trafficking. If you are 15 and you're a good-looking kid, they will use you as a modeling. Then they'll get you into child porn. There was also... Um, on Netflix, there was a Korean movie called The Whistleblowers, actually based on a true story of a scientist named Huang Wu-suk. He was getting money from Georgetown in the United States for stem cells. Well, they found out he was nothing but a fraud. He was actually stealing women's eggs to traffic and create and breed a whole different, whether it was a human being or an animal. Wait, wait, uh, wait. What? Wait. <laughs> okay, Tracy, you go first. Uh, I'm totally shocked here. Um, he wasn't even a, doc- a doctor or anything. He, he wasn't. He was you worried about whether he's a doctor. I'm worried about the eggs. But I'm like, what woman would go to? I mean, how did the women get that? Come on, tell the story. The women were, like I said, he did human embryonic stem cells cloning. So who was he harvesting these eggs from? The women that worked in the clinic. Get out of here. And because it turned into a cult because these women wouldn't say anything. They saw him as a hero. I mean, just imagine. Wait a minute, who... so he was. <laughs> so you're trying to tell me that this man had women who voluntarily gave these eggs so that he could then clone or reprint it's not cloning but reuse reproductive methods to grow candidates yes as human traffic victims yes. so i no longer have to steal them from somebody else i'm just gonna grow my own like a little garden yes and you I get cannot. artificial insemination from I the sperm bank I but when he was exposed he got his license taken away he was because what Korean parents were doing, they were sending their disabled children to this doctor because yes. they thought that the children could be healed of stem cells. But then they ended up getting sicker and sicker because he was using, he was giving the disabled children a stem cell from a dog while he was using human stem cells to reprocreate and hold different human beings. I cannot. But even though he has been... Um, during his time in South Korea, guess what? He moved to China, and he's now doing it there, and they're not saying anything. Then I recently sent Dracy an article last year in Europe and Australia and also in Greece. They were also trafficking eggs. If you think about it from a trafficking point of view, now people are understanding what human trafficking is. People are raising awareness. They're talking about missing children. So, if I was so, now I don't have, so now I don't have to steal the child. I just grow the child myself. Exactly. So no child is missing because... They're being made in their own factory. I cannot. And then these wow. children will be growing up as slaves, never knowing their parents at all. I cannot, I cannot express that. So when people ask me, where are the facts? Like I said, if you Google the name whistleblower film in Korea... Or Huang, H-W-A-N-G-W-O-O-S-U-K. That's the name of the doctor. He's on Wikipedia. And then also look up harvesting eggs because it's already happening in third world countries. And guess what? We in America 
are opening our doors. Oh, I'm sure we're not far behind. Absolutely. We're just as sadistic and mm-hmm. what you say, Jeracy? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, I'm, I'm just over here praying in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm just over here. Amen. There is a book I advise everyone to read. It's called Illicit Trade by Moses Name. He used to be one of the UN policies. He even talks in there that organ trafficking were also contributed by a lot of Ivy League schools in their genetics, I mean, in their um, eugenics and also their bio, uh, biological research. Because instead of getting a liver for 90000 even these professors don't want to pay 90000 It's not in the budget. So they're going to actually get a liver from China that probably belonged to a poor woman that's in her 30s that didn't live. When you talk about the organs, who is doing the transplant to insert them in? What? It would be a doctor that lost his license. He'll have his own clinic that will say cash only. And a lot of times these come from third world countries or it comes from an underground type of facility. I can't even tell you how disturbed I am. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I really can't. I, I just can't even. I... And it's just so much more to human trafficking than people see because everyone thinks sex. Mm-hmm. They only think about it from the sex standpoint. Yep, because they look at the lifestyle of the pimp and hoes and all this, you know, rap stars and things like that. They're not the shot callers. Yes, they shouldn't be doing what they're doing, but you're looking at the wrong focus. So when Epstein came out, I hate to say this, but I was happy he was being exposed. Do you know why? Because when I spoke about my human trafficking, my experience is not considered the norm. Because when you have organizations in DFW that rescues these supposed victims, a lot of these girls that they find are in juvenile detention centers. They came from pimps. They can still go to school. They can still go home, but yet they're still being exploited. I did not have that luxury. I was held on a Native American reservation because the FBI cannot come after us and the Native tribal laws could not touch us because we were not Native Americans. So guess who my traffickers were? In the United States, there were Albanian, Russian, Korean, Japanese, and Chinese. We did not have an American person become our trafficker. They were all European or Asian, but our customers were men like Epstein. They were uh, anywhere from the A-list actors to athletics, even some of the former Dallas Cowboys, but I'm not going to say any names because I kid you not. And I lost respect. I even had, I'll just give you a hint. I had a huge crush on this one guy who was very popular in the nineties but when I saw him that he went to buy boys, I was like, nope, I'm out. You have probably seen so much that we do not want to get in your head. I don't even want to know. <laughs> exactly. I, I, you know, I, I don't, you don't need to name no names for me. I, I you know, name them to the police. Because this, this, you know, we're mothers. Mm-hmm. All three of us. It's, it's not that, that all three of us are mothers. And I, I'm sitting here flabbergasted. You know, you know the stuff happened. You, you feel like you've got a handle on it. And then here comes a survivor who tells you, you don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. You don't know nothing. You you just sitting here in your little, you know, house and you think that, you know, you've got your two cars and your white picket fence and you're living your life. And there are literally people 
like Chong Kim who are surviving an absolute nightmare. And and we're hope they're surviving. Like she said, the six-year-old was found dead in the, in the desert. You know, to to have survived mm-hmm. is 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 crazy. You know, we're we're wrapping, we're getting ready to wrap up the show right now, and there's so much more to cover. We wanted to do a pre-taped interview so that we could kind of get it in and let people understand and get it and understand what human trafficking is. I can't wait to hear some of the calls that come in live next week, Jeracy. I I I am so looking forward to hearing what some of the other callers think because absolutely how much knowledge you have brought today is is just awesome what are your long-term goals what are you looking at wanting to do well i have recently launched uh velvet brick with the help of dracy mack she's my co-founder oh, y'all um, in business together just say nothing to me but it's okay go ahead because <laughs> we can't <laughs> let you you don't know how to act sometimes <laughs> No, we definitely wow. want you on the board. We, we definitely want, want you, you on the board. Posi- you have a position. I, have I just a, had yes. a surprise. And in place, I'll be known as just a founder because eventually I'll be falling I'm, off. I'm just kidding. I know. Kidding. Because I actually am launching a scripted TV series called Every 40 Seconds that I'm still trying to pitch to network. It's actually about a female survivor who re- who teaches the FBI how to think like a trafficker. When I have people ask me, how do I know all about this nonprofit? I hate to say this, but I'm going to be blunt. I was a victim of human trafficking. Then I rose up the ranks to become a madam, which is a female trafficker. And that's how I learned. And now I'm teaching you how to protect your family with my expertise and my knowledge. And if that is not the way to exit and get you ready for next week, I don't know what is. So I'm going to say farewell and so long for the week for Devil Down with Geraci. From, I, see, I'm, I'm over here discombobulated. So I'm going to say farewell for Double Down with Garrett and Mac. Jeracy, you got anything to add? Because I'm I'm over here speechless. We're going to double down next week. And yes, it's going to be awesome. All right. Please tune in. Thanks to all of our audience and listeners. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. Be sure to join Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next week.